it's changing memories because our brain has no idea if if I think about something right now, um, the brain has no idea if it's past or if it's future. For the brain, it's happening right now. Roots of Impact Podcast. Roots of Impact Podcast. Welcome to the Roots of Impact Podcast. This is your host, Paolo. And today we have a very special guest. Her name is Ronnie Lila, all the way from Israel. And Ronnie is a musician, singer, songwriter. She's here to tell us about her wonderful story, uh, about how she was able to heal herself through the power of her own mind. So Ronnie, how are you doing today? To be honest, <laughs> today actually my pain level is a little bit higher than the usual, but I'm handling it. Keep going. <laughs> Can you tell us about a little bit about yourself and your story? Yeah. Of how this started? Yeah, let's talk about this pain. Uh, medically, the medical facts. I have a tumor on my spinal cord. It hurts the nerves that goes to my legs mostly. And it started with um, dragging my left leg and no sensation in my right leg. Uh, I had a big surgery to take some of the tumor off, but it's impossible to take all of it off because it's stuck on the spinal cord. And so in time I started to also have uh, nerve pain that became uh, stronger and stronger and my left leg kept getting weaker and I came to the point that I'm paralyzed with uh, pain. Basically, I was on a wheelchair, I couldn't walk, and the only thing I was grateful for every day was the bed that I can lay on. <laughs> That's the medical um, story. But I learned that under every physical pain, there is an emotional pain. And then I went on a journey um, to face my emotional pain. And that led to a huge healing. And back to dancing. You were able to, I guess, kind of cope with the pain and the fact that, you know, you love music so much and you love dancing so much. And part of your job was to create parties and, and kind of just make people have a good time. Of course, you were not able to do that anymore. How were you able to just kind of cope with that, go within to kind of come back out with, with a better way? Um, for a long time, too long, it's, it's positive and maybe a little bit negative too. Uh, I just thought that something will happen. I thought something will, from the sky will fall and I will be back dancing, making parties, doing my, my Uh, music, uh, performing, making my dream come true to be a known musician, um, big stages, crowd, bringing people together. Um, so at the beginning, that, that was my, my coping mechanism, just believing that something will happen, just waiting, um, suffering with pain, 
but waiting for something to happen. But um, when I got to the wheelchair, uh, I realized, okay, <laughs> uh, something else needs to happen. And then I turned again to the um, conventional medicine and I had a spinal cord stimulator implanted in my body in order to help me to walk again, which add more pain, added more pain to my body and didn't work very well. And then kind of wanted to give up. The pain was so just con consumed, consumed all the energy that I, that I had. And I tried everything, all, all alter alternative medicine, conventional medicine. I'm immune to painkillers. So no painkillers helped me, which I'm grateful for because I don't, I'm not an addict. <laughs> it doesn't, you know, I'm not dependent, I'm not, I'm not um, dependent on any painkillers. And, uh, and I just, I, I, I even said, okay, I remember, I remember it so good. One day I said, God, okay, I won't sing, I won't dance, I, I won't walk. Just take away the pain, because the pain was, nerve pain is, is, is I call it a psychotic pain. It's, it's just something that takes everything from you. It's, it's, it's a crazy pain. So um, I, I even got to a point that I was, will, I was willing to, 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 to give up on my dream, just not to have this pain anymore. Um, but then there was a turning point when my father, my, both of my parents visited me and um, my father um, told me I want a solution. And it, it was basically, he was telling me, you give me the solution, I'm not going to give you a solution. So suddenly I had to take responsibility. And then my mom said immediately, okay, I know of this doctor, that's his name. So if you want, um, you can call him. So again, I had to take action. So suddenly I felt like I have power, some kind of power again. And um, uh, I made, made the, step, the step and um, made, did a phone call that led to, um, to a chain of uh, um, things that happened afterwards that brought me back to the life that I want. <laughs> And that doctor wasn't the spinal cord doctor, right? No, that was a, um, how do you call it? It was a, a pain clinic. So that was how to handle, you know, pain doctor specialized in pain. Okay. What can you tell us about your path or your experience with the faster EFT technique and how was that able to actually help you recover yeah um okay so after i i been through all kind of procedures and had the surgery and had the spinal cord stimulator implanted in my body 
and and still didn't get enough um, relief and, and wanted to give up. I already knew about EFT, which is an um, emotional freedom technique. That's the initial. And also knew about faster EFT from YouTube. And at the same day, me and my, I, I watched some videos and my mom told me, hey, I watched this guy from Faster EFT, do you remember? And I said, yes, I watched it today. And it was like a sign. And <laughs> I went to the website and uh, I just started uh, immediately uh, making contacts. And um, what, what, what Faster EFT does, the, the major thing that worked for me and then helped me to develop um, a way for myself to, um, to, to feel better, to heal myself. Um, it's changing memories because our brain has no idea if, if I think about something right now, um, the brain has no idea if it's past or if it's future. For the brain, it's happening right now. So if I had a trauma at the age of three, and I'm thinking about it, for my brain, it's happening right now. So what we do on Faster EFT is we actually go to the trauma and we change it. We just make the story, the bad story, uh, a good story. Smile on the face. We can do it because after all, we can do anything we want with our, with our minds. Uh, and that led me to, to the understanding that it's uh, about imagination and thoughts. What do you do with your thoughts and how can you use your imagination to just create um, something that will feed, feed your, your brain in, in, in a good way? Because we, we are used to, we kind of used to think negative and we used to recall, oh, the time when I fail and I cry or when this guy broke my heart or when my mom screamed at me and you know all the anger and the pain and and the misunderstanding and the blaming and the fault and the guilt and so we go with it all day long i think that right now everyone that listens should stop for a second and think about what were you thinking about today, most of the day? Where was your thoughts? What were you remembering? Was it negative or positive? And I do believe most people will, will find out that their thoughts are more to the negative side than to the positive side. But the good news is that we can take, take charge and, and choose the thoughts and do whatever we want with, with the bad memories that kind of control our lives, like little programs in a computer. We just re reprogram. Wow, it's so interesting. Uh, I always find it fascinating and, and, and I'm so grateful that I'm talking to you about this. What it comes down to is like the story that you tell yourself, right? Like the story that you keep telling yourself. Uh, so it's not so much about what happened, it's kind of what you tell yourself Yes. about what happened and and just out of curiosity 
from the time that you started, you know, digging into the, the story that you were telling yourself to when you actually changed that story, how much time did it take? I did a very intensive process of two weeks, like uh, two sessions a day, relaxing too, being in a good environment, meeting people that speak the same language, surrounding myself with people uh, that do the same. And in two weeks, I, I could walk independently again. But it was a very intensive uh, process, which I do recommend to everyone. If you can go intensive, go intensive. But yes, in two weeks of, of work and changing memories, and I'll say something else because people will ask, what does the memory has to do with the tumor on my spinal cord or my legs or my walking? And that brings me back to the fact that under every emotional pain or, sorry, under every physical pain or physical situation, there is an emotional pain or emotional situation. So if we find the, um, the emotional part that goes with the physical part, uh, basically we know what to do. That's, we just know where to go to emotionally. And sometimes it's so much easier to use the thoughts and the mind than to be on the table of a surgeon. You know, that's, that's not something I suggest. <laughs> don't, don't get you. I always say because the spinal cord stimulator includes a, a battery, uh, which is implanted in my, in my butt. So my motto uh, for life today is don't wait till you have a battery in your ass. <laughs> How can we reprogram ourselves to a level where we don't have to, like you said, don't wait until something, until you collapse or you have some serious illness? Like how can we start doing it without serious trauma? First, first of all, have a purpose. Have a reason to live your life. That's the first thing. You, you need to want to be here in order to start to work with yourself because it's not easy. It's not, it's not, not necessarily easy. Um, it's not hard, but it's not easy. So first of all, so in my case, it was music. Music and dancing and art. So that was my anchor. And, and then, well, we have this amazing tool, which is our imagination. If I want to think right now about Greece, for example, I can immediately see the waves, the mountains, um, I can really focus and taste the food, I can hear the language, or I can hear just music, people talking, I can feel the sand, and I'm doing all of this now with my thought, with my imagination. I'm not in Greece right now. But for my brain, because I gave it all this information, I'm in Greece. And so my brain now releases hormones, um, nerve signals, and chemicals of relaxation and feeling happy and endorphins and all the good stuff 
that that's in our brain. So that's basically uh, let let's call it like immediate reprogramming. Um, if I feel bad, I just go to my whatever whatever it is, uh, a place, a person. It doesn't matter. And 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 I'm being very detailed because okay, people, someone can um, just imagine the sea, or even if someone is on the beach, where physically they're on the beach but where where does the mind go so i'm basically controlling my thoughts that's like an immediate um reprogramming if i feel bad because immediately i give my my brain a, a different program if i want to go to a program that keeps running and by a program i, I mean memory or trauma because we keep we keep running our traumas in our brain we analyze them we think about them we talk about them we go to groups and we talk about it in a group everybody together we all celebrate the trauma and that's that's not helping because we keep recording the trauma again and again so instead we go to the trauma and we start playing with it we Put people out of it. Put people in. Um, let's let's take an example. Like uh, that's that's uh, an example I, I I always use because it's very easy and it happened almost to to all of us. We were you we were a child. I was a child. I was let's say um, three years old. I fell. And the first thing I do is I look for my, my mom or my dad or my, my caretaker and I look at the face. Usually their face will be, uh, you know, upset or worried. And so immediately my brain will make a connection. I fall, my parent thinks something wrong. And then the parent will run to me and give me a candy. And so my brain makes a program that says, okay, I fall, I'm crying, I'm sad. I get a candy. So that means love because I got it from my, my, my parent. And from now on, I will, I will always look for a candy when I feel bad. Um, that's just a tiny example of, of how people, you know, get addicted addicted to sugar, for example, because that's, that's the, the program that is playing. I feel bad, I need candy. So if I'll go to that program and I will start imagining that, okay, I fell. I looked at my mom. My mom was smiling and she came to me and she hugged me and everything was fine. And I keep playing it or I can even imagine that I didn't fail. I can imagine that I fell and got up and started dancing. I can do whatever I want. Everybody can do it and we forget about it. And it's such an amazing tool because we can, we can go to space, we can go to the moon, we can go, we can dive without any diving equipment, we can talk to the animals, we can imagine ourselves happy, we can imagine um, the, the person we want to spend our lives with, with. Uh, we can imagine a good relationship with our parents, even if it wasn't. And that's 
the food we give our brain. And if we keep um, playing the new stuff, the different stuff, even if it's not true, it doesn't matter for the brain, right? Um, or if we'll just give completely different new information for the brain, because for some people it's hard to go to a trauma and change it. So instead, just invent something that happened. I, I invented uh, a party that happened when I was uh, three. All of my family was there and everybody's laughing and having fun. And we can do anything in, with our minds. And our body reacts uh, according to what we're playing. It's all about the record you're playing in your brain. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's amazing the, the power of, of what it can do, right? Do you find that, or do you think, let me phrase it this way, do you think that the story that you were telling yourself before this happened was the cause of the disease? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that I, I, I do believe that we can't really know, I can't really know for sure what exactly caused the tumor. But I can, I can look at it and I can find the links. I can see that, um, I can see when uh, I started having problems with my legs and I can see what happened emotionally at that time. And then I can see the time when they discovered that I have a tumor. And that was just a few months after I discovered that I can sing. I discovered that I can sing pretty late, only at the age of 23. And a few months later, I was really dragging my leg. And um, I went and then went to a doctor, did some tests, and they found out that I have a tumor. So for me, it was, as I see it, it was a signal that my body is telling me, wait, it's not safe for you to sing because you learned something else. Your program is different than, than singing. Uh, it's kind of diving in a little bit deeper. I don't know if, if, if maybe it's too much. Uh, but I think that a person can, can, can sit with, with them, themselves and actually understand the, the signals that the body gives them. Because uh, if, 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 if you put the time of when, when the pain or the disease began, um, what age was it, what happened around it, when does it come back, when does it get stronger, when does it get less, we can all actually understand what our body is trying to tell us. It's pretty amazing to think that if, if you are, you know, the individual that creates a disease in the body, it's pretty logical to, to assume that you're the one that it is going to be able to remove the disease from the body, right? Because you were, you were the one that created it in the first place, right? Yeah. Going yeah. back to the intensity of the two weeks, which I think is like amazing so fast uh, that you were able to get yourself out of that wheelchair. What else other than going deep into those moments and changing, reprogramming the story, what else does it entail the actual process of, of the faster uh, EFT? Does it have like meditations or any other things that you do to yourself? And uh, no meditation, there is um, tapping um, on your face 
with fingers in the between the eyebrows and the side of, of your eye, under the eye and under the collarbone. The idea of that is to actually distract you from your memory. Because uh, another thing that happens when we recall a memory, we basically go into a trance. Basically, we spend most of our lives in a trance because we, leave, we keep, you know, what happened to me yesterday, what happened to me years ago. We're not in the now. When, when we are really in, in the now, we, we are present. But most of the time, we are in a trance. We're not here. We, and we operate by our memories because that's, that's what we, we learned um, to do. So, so the tapping technique while recalling the memory is kind of like um, interrupting, interrupting the, the, the program while, while it's working and starting to change it. That's the idea of tapping. Um, personally, I don't, I don't use the, the tapping itself anymore. I just use the imagination and if I need um, a distraction, I touch my, uh, put my fingers under my collarbone or I touch my wrist or something like that. Uh, but this most significant thing is the, is the, the changing of the memory. It's going to the memory, um, first find, finding out what is the memory that is related to the, to the problem, and then, um, and then going to the memory and start playing with it, changing it, disrupting it in uh, all kinds of ways. Uh, laughter, noises, whatever. It's like, it's like um, if, if uh, I'll talk to you now and suddenly I will say quack, quack, you will, suddenly something will, you know, you will get out of focus because, so that's kind of a part, parts of the, of how to disrupt this. So I wanted to ask you on the tapping, you don't think like it does something to your like physical body energetically or is all in the mind at the end? Uh, personally, I don't think so. No, even though I come from a background of um, Chinese medicine, I learned, I studied uh, Chinese medicine for years and uh, the points that we are being, being tapped on are, are uh, acupuncture points that's supposed to um, open the energy channels and stuff like that. But um, from my experience, it's not the tapping. It's, it's what you're doing with, with, with your mind. It's how you, how you take charge on your brain and not letting the brain uh, control you. Do you find, uh, you know, things like being grateful, helpful? to like help, you know, kind of receive focus on the, on the story that you're telling yourself? It's a must. Being grateful is, is for everyone, every day, as much as possible. It's, and I, I tried it because I tried it. I mean, I've been doing that for years, but I thought about it. I don't remember, I heard someone talk about it and I said to myself, okay, how much 
are we actually grateful during the day? Okay, so we'll have a list, we'll say it in the morning, we'll say it in the evening. Some will say, okay, all right, I should be grateful. Okay, I'm grateful. But I think it's much, much deeper than having a list and say, yeah, I'm grateful for a house, which I am. But it's really, really important to, to, to have the emotion because it's also the brain and as I believe the universe reacts to our emotions. Our emotions are our vibrations, basically, it's frequencies. And, and, and the universe doesn't speak with words, it speaks with frequencies. So, I, so being, just reading your list of gratitude, it, it won't do anything. You need to feel it. So you need to even dig a little bit um, deeper for the things you're grateful because yes, of course I'm grateful for having a roof under my head, but I need to actually for a minute be aware that I have a roof under my head and how important that is. And, or when I was in bed and couldn't move and the only thing I had was the bed to be grateful for. So I, I took everything I got and I was, completely in, in gratitude and I touched the bed with my hand, you know, felt it. Um, because if, if you don't have the emotion, if you don't send the frequency out, it doesn't matter, it, it won't change anything. So yes, gratitude as much as possible and with emotion. Did you find music helpful during this healing process? Like, you know, being a musician, do you still use it to kind of shift your, your emotion to, to feeling better? Uh, for me, music was my anchor. It was the reason to, to keep going. It, it was um, the knowing of that's the thing I do best. That's why I'm here in the world. I, I have the ability to, to make people happy, to make people feel good. And so I, I, want to, I want to keep going. I want, I want to do that. I want to get there. I didn't use music as a healing technique or anything like that. I just, every time I had a, a, a break, a little relief, I just kept working on my, 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 my music album, album at the time. And um, it was just my, the thing that was in front of me music I have to do the music because that's my calling that's my purpose and um, that that's that's the only way um, um, music was a healing tool for me it was the thing I was hanging on to in terms of pain you know uh, I, I know you said that from time to time still kind of comes back for our listeners here like how, how can we improve or, or maintain a relationship or, or handle pain right because uh, especially like you said spinal cord pain i cannot imagine how intense it will be since it's you know the electricity that connects through all the body passes through the spinal cord w what can you tell us about handling or, or taking the pain but what i'm going to say will probably annoy a lot of people but uh, <laughs> the pain is not real wow 
it's not real. It's, it's just nerve signals. It's not, nothing is happening. It's just your brain deciding to send a signal that there's pain. And um, I'm not talking about a broken hand, okay? If the hand is broken, go to the hospital. <laughs> but um, just having a physical pain as uh, because of a disease, because of, uh, of medicine, you take side effects, stuff like that. Uh, pain as a result of something or, or nerve pain it's it's not real and when when my pain is uh my pain it's it's also a mistake because it's not mine <laughs> um i still have i i'm i still experience pain 24 hours a day uh, i don't want to lead anyone on i still experience pain 24 hours a day but i can walk i can do i can do everything and I'm still working towards not having pain at all. Um, again, it's a process. Sometimes I put um, a lot of uh, focus in it. Sometimes I don't put enough focus in it, and then I see the results. Uh, we all have a lot of work to do with ourselves because no one taught us, no one taught us what's going on in in, in our um, in our brain in our mind. But the important thing that I've learned is that my pain is not, is not real. Not, the pain is not real. The, the program, the, the old program is trying to say, basically protect us because that's what the brain learned. That's what it recorded when we were um, young. So the first thing I do is reminding myself that it's not real and um, a lot of time is just to be in acceptance, is to say, okay, I'm, I'm having a lot of pain right now and, and it's okay, that's the situation. Maybe I just need to lay down and I have no idea what will happen if I lay down. Maybe while I lay down, I will get some great ideas for my music. Maybe the pain will go lower. Maybe it will even go higher. I, I know that it's trying to tell me something and I just, uh, I'm just listening at, at, that, at that moment. Sometimes I will do the opposite. I will push forward and I will continue doing whatever I am, I'm doing. It, it depends on the person, it depends on the situation. It's very, very individual. So I think that part, a big part of healing is, is getting to know yourself and um, developing a relationship with yourself. And then, and then you know uh, when to actually lie down or when to uh, continue doing whatever it is you're doing. And this is another important thing that uh, I've learned through this healing process, to develop a, a relationship with ourselves because we don't do that. We, le we, we were taught to care about others more than we care about ourselves to put others first but but at the end of the day who's the most important person in your life it's you because you're the one who make makes things happen it's everywhere with anything in your relationship right there is your partner but you're there too so the way you are with you is the way you are with you will be with them and, and you want to be good with them 
So you need to learn to be good with you, for example. Do you find like whenever it comes back now that you're a master at healing yourself, it's pretty easy to just kind of go back to, you know, shifting the story? Or it's still hard at times? Um, definitely. It's still hard sometimes. Less, less and less. There were times that I was, uh, I, would, I would get angry and I said, ah, nothing is working again and stuff like that. Uh, today, for example, uh, I actually um, lay down most, most of the day. Uh, the pain was really, really, really high. I haven't had that much of pain in a long time. But I've noticed that my reaction to it is different than the past. So maybe, maybe reducing the pain wasn't very easy for me, but um, I was kind to myself when in the past I might be angry at myself and felt like uh, I'm failing or something like that. Uh, but um, that, again, that brings me back to the importance of the relationship that we have with ourselves. Because if, if your partner or your, or your child or your parent was sick, you wouldn't be angry at them. You would, you would take care of them. And we usually, we, with ourselves, we don't do that. We will we keep, we'll be angry, we will keep pushing, we, we will try to, to avoid the fact that we don't feel good. Uh, but if we stop for a second, and say, wait, if, if, if that was my, if that was someone that I care about right now in pain, how would I treat them? And then treat myself this way. Um, I think that's a good way to start learning to have a relationship with yourself. Because again, we were taught to be, put other people first. So just reverse it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ronnie. Uh, we, we definitely want to end these episodes with an action item for our listeners, uh, something that they can easily apply to their day-to-day -day lives and, and heal themselves. What, what can you leave us with as an action item? I suggest to create your go-to memory. That's how I call it, your, your go-to memory, and uh, invent a memory something that didn't happen invent a, a, um, a situation and uh, use all of your um, five senses so be in a place that is pleasant for you and see it that's the visual smell it if it's the sea smell the salt if it's a market smell the spices if it's your mother's house smell the cooking whatever um, taste it. That's how, that's how strong our imagination is. When we really focus, we can actually smell, we can actually taste, we can actually hear. Visualization is, is more known than using the whole imagination thing with, with all of the five senses. So it's very easy for us to, to, to visualize. So just visualize yourself in a place you like, use your, um, Five senses, see, smell, taste, hear, and touch. And um, make it really, really good. Remember that inside your, your brain, the, the budget is unlimited. You can do all the effects you want. 
and make it your um, go-to memory. So when something is wrong, you don't feel good, you just go there. And um, that helps me a lot. So, and it's not hard and it's fun too. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, lastly, how, how can uh, the listeners stay in touch with you? Um, Ronilila.com. That's my website. Um, and Ronilila on all social media. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure we put the links here as well. Thank you. Here. It was great talking to you.